Hey everybody, and welcome back to the My Therapy in a Box podcast. It's your girl and your host, Courtney Porter. Hey, what's going on? Marcus Porter is in the house. All right, we are back in the building. We are also so sorry that it took us a little while to bring back another podcast. We have missed all of our listeners. It's been a busy month. Um, For those of you that are into doing your own business, when you get some momentum and some flow, it gets busy and you don't realize how time has passed before you dedicated yourself to one thing before you get back into doing something else. So I have been busy assisting Marcus with his business and different weddings and photo shoots and I just got caught up and didn't realize that I need to give my listeners another podcast what is wrong with me (laughs) and it's not like I didn't want to but I have missed doing it and this podcast is a special podcast because from the last one on the mental price of entrepreneurship we have gotten some questions on You know, everybody liked Marcus's rendition and his story, but they were wondering, hey, what about the spouse's edition? Like, what's your take, um, Courtney, on supporting Marcus in his endeavors and his entrepreneurship journey? And so this is a part two, the spouse's edition of the mental trade-off of entrepreneurship. Yep, this is part two, and we appreciate all the feedback that we've been getting. Uh, We've got a lot of people um, that gave us very positive uh, reviews and yeah. just comments on you know what we were talking about in the last podcast and we do have a lot of people that want to hear your point of view so um, we, we're going to get into it we're um, going to jump right into it I'm excited yeah I know you're excited <laughs> I'm man. pretty excited so we're going we're going to flip the script today and today Marks is going to be asking me some questions about his journey his experience so i hope y'all are ready i hope he's ready you know to get the feedback all right here we go i mean i already know kind of like what you're gonna say anyway so i'm prepared for it so (laughs) all right guys so here we go man let's go ahead and get this thing started so courtney can you kind of um you know you were you're the wife of an entrepreneur Mm-hmm. Um, kind of saw it when we first uh, got together but can you just talk about you know growing up in your household like how did you and your family or your family view success well growing up success was viewed as both parties working together getting a getting a job in a in addition to your education working your way up and making money so you can take care of bills and if you wanted to do something for yourself, you know, do something for yourself in the process. But it's pretty much working, taking care of bills and getting yourself in when you can. So like did was like entrepreneurship really kind of taught to you or was education more so put push for you or skill trades or creative skills? Like what was pushed for you in your household? Yes. The big E in our household was education. I would have I never really thought about entrepreneurship the other big e you know that's popular in our home but that that really never crossed my mind and it's more I know it's more prevalent nowadays and looking back I noticed and I've seen people to have their own businesses but I just didn't think anything of it of the you know the work 
that goes into it. And I just figured that they got an education too. And they work their way up to venture off and do their own thing. But in my home, education was highly stressed. You know, you graduate from high school, you go to college, graduate from college, uh, go to graduate school, if that's what you want to do. And if you want to get your doctorate, get your doctorate. Pretty much like push your, push yourself to the highest um, highest level possible. What did people like, like, you know, going through this process of you going to get your education right? Because we know you've, you graduated and got your BS degree, mm-hmm. correct? And then you went on to get your master's. Right. What did you, you got your master's in? Social work. Social work. So, um, and so just talk a little bit about that process as far as, you know, the expectation that you was going to receive once you graduated. Because this is something we talked about. Mm-hmm. You know, there was, it's, we're talking about financially and talking about job opportunities. Mm-hmm. So talk about the the flood, the rivers of opportunities that people talked about and the difference when you actually got into it. Well, let me first start off. When I initially went to college, my degree was not social work at all. Like I majored in biology. And even before then, my idea of school, I was like, I was going to major in biology and I'm going to minor in music. That was my initial plan. When I got to school, got in biology, it lasted probably the first year. In my sophomore year, I was like, "Mm, I don't think this is for me. And I was searching and trying to figure out what is it that I want to do. And I ended up um, just asking around and just seeing what departments kind of fit you know, who I am. And I still wanted to graduate within four years. So I was kind of focused on what degree can I change to that can still allow me to finish within four years because I do not want to be, you know, that five-year senior or that six-year senior, you know, that super senior, you know, that some people turn into when they go to college. So that's what also kind of guided me in my decision process. Um, which is why I changed to human development and family studies, because I was like, yes, I want to open, which surprisingly, I wanted to open up my own school. Like that was a goal of mine previously. And so I was like, well, I think this can get me there. And the outline that I saw for the department and for the degree before I signed up for, before I transferred my degree over to this department, I was like, okay, I think these interests and job opportunities that I think that can fit me, which led me to that, you know, perspective. And I enjoyed it while I was in there. Then I graduated. Um, I think I waited a year before I went to graduate school. I can't remember. Or I started that fall. Um, and I had to take some time off because during that time that my dad passed away. So that kind of threw off my momentum in school um, for a for a semester. Um, but I got back into the groove of things and I was like, OK, let me just do what I have to do, because I hear great things about social work. You know, they say um, get in, get your master's. Once you get your master's, you can get licensed. And once you receive your license, there are just endless opportunities you know, for social work, um, especially if you get your licensed clinical um, social work, um, your clinical license in social work. And so I was like, OK, um, let me see what this is about. Even even prior to my license, there seemed like there were some good opportunities, even with 
having a master's alone because I saw people in leadership roles and different internships that I was in and they only had their MSW. So I was like, okay, maybe this can work. Maybe I don't have to get my license, you know, unless I really choose to on down the line. But once I graduated, I realized like, wait a minute, aren't the jobs supposed to be pouring in you right, know like right. exactly you know as soon as i walk across the stage and get my diploma or my my case for my diploma because you know they had to mail it to us but <laughs> when i walk out the door i should have some offers coming in because i just graduated you know this is like a turning point right right and i was just so excited and then reality hit in like uh nope not gonna happen the way you thought court uh <laughs> You know, certain jobs I applied for, I didn't have enough experience. Other jobs, I had too much, you know, experience. I was overqualified because of my degree. And I was just like, well, I'll be, you can't win for losing. How, right. like, how in the world can I start something without you offering me some type of experience to get my feet wet or do something about the whole situation? So I was a bit. I was a little discouraged from that. And I went through my episode of like, man, like where, like, where do I stand? Where do I go? It's like, I put all this work in and I can't even get a job in my field. And I was like, this is messed up. And I, and I had a depressive episode because I'm like, I work so hard to chase after what people said would be waiting for me at the end of the finish line. And I don't see it. Like, I don't even see the rope that I run through to let me know that I'm at the finish line. And I was getting discouraged because I knew that I put the time in, I put the effort in, I stayed up. Like, and you were helping me, Mark. Like, staying up with me as I had papers to write, um, just putting the work in. And I was like, now I have to wait for somebody. It almost felt like I was waiting for somebody to tell me that, okay, you're good enough for us to offer you this position and that could and that just left like a discouraging feeling you know for me in that whole process um so yeah I, I felt like I started I started answering the question then I rambled now go back to y'all <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. you because we was talking you pretty much answered it because we was talking about the expectation that you was having while you was in school right right so okay. you talked about how when you graduated you thought you was just gonna get a job right out of school right and you thought financially because there was you I mean we had this conversation where people said that you're gonna make a lot of money you know, especially mm-hmm. being a social worker, that you was gonna make. You know, you can there make there are buku opportunities, right? That you can make up to six, six, six figures, and you can go over the seas, and you can go anywhere. You can always have a job, and that's what that's what your clinical license. Yeah, and that's what yeah. your clinical the license, which you had to work for. It took you mm-hmm. time to get your clinical license, and it did it take you three months to get the job after you graduated. After I graduated, it felt, let me tell y'all, it felt like forever. I graduated in December of 2013, and I got a job opportunity in April of 2014. Um, But I didn't start the position because I had to get licensed in another, or provisionally licensed in another state. So that took a couple of months and background checks and all of that. So I didn't officially start, um in my career until July 
pretty much the middle of the year that next year. But those when I first got the inquiry of, hey, we saw your resume, we would like for you to um, we would like to forward your resume to our to our supervisor. I thought I was like, first of all, it was in another state. Second of all, I was like, I don't even recall sending you my resume. (laughs) So I was just confused about that whole process. But four months seemed like a year. Like going retrospectively, thinking back, I was like, it really felt like a long time, y'all. But now I'm like, man, I guess that was only four months. But it seems like for no, everyone. that was six months. That was a six month process or six months. Yeah, yeah, that wasn't no four month process, man, because we we had to move. I mean, we got the news like late April. Like, no, it was like, no, we didn't get no news in April. We got it like in May. The interest started in April. Yeah, the interest started in, in right. April, but things did not fall in place to like the, the end, end of May or June or something yeah. like that. And I think that's when you was waiting on the contracts to be signed. Right. And everything. So it's a it, it was a six month so I guess, process. Yeah, it was. I was yeah. thinking about the time to where I got the initial email. Trust yeah. me, the husband knows. The husband I'm knows. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I see. I knew too. That's because I was like, Oh my God, when will something come through? Um And where were you working after after college? Like where were you Yeah, so I was working at Sears as a an inventory I forgot what I was I forgot the technical name but I was pretty much bringing in inventory making sure inventory was out on the floor pricing things um for the floor kind of in the background I wasn't a cashier but I was working retail like how much. did you feel like knowing I was that like, you got I a mess and all this <laughs> education <laughs> and you're at Sears and I'm at Sears yeah and then making less than minimum wage. What yeah, I thought was like a, seven bucks, wasn't it? Sh- I don't even think it was that. <laughs> it was, and then it was part time. Yeah. So was I was like, what? Are you serious? It's like, can y'all come up to at least eight for your for a girl or something? The like, struggle uh, was real. The man. struggle was too real. Um, then it was part time and I only picked up hours as it got closer to the holidays, you know, because we had to put out holiday items christmas trees all that random stuff hey but we got a pool table from there a Let cheap pool table you, for like I, 40 bucks which the original price was <laughs> over 300 right it said hey get in where you fit in we gonna use my sales associate discount you know so yeah that, that to was fit cool it in. yeah that was cool so but you know it is what it is you know uh sometimes it that's just life things happen and, and sometimes life will throw you a curveball. And, you know, that's just the way we were taught. We were just taught that education. And, and there's nothing against education. No. Um, we just feel like it, there's some things that could be tweaked. Yeah. And the idea is that education will spearhead your progress in the world and in society. It's like you by yourself can't, you know, go out here and make tens of thousands of dollars, especially in one month let alone a six-figure income in a year to increase to like, you know, to be a millionaire. It's like, no, you can't make that unless you have an education. That's what's programmed in us. But you don't realize, like, if you think about it, most people with the education, unless they're doing something on the side or doing their own thing in addition to working a job, there's no way that you can work a job and be a millionaire unless you're the CEO 
and even of that, that company. Yeah, like, like you started the company from ground. Like you Steve Jobs. You feel me? Like I, I just don't see a person working a nine to five and you're you're a millionaire yeah. and you don't have no side businesses you don't right. have no jobs you work that nine to five and you're a millionaire right most people are hustling in order to bring in the income that they want and you don't realize that until you're kind of until you dive into that lifestyle and that's how it was for me like I didn't really I don't I didn't know what an entrepreneurship was until I met you and then you start having all these ideas of what you wanted to do, these career changes. And in my head, I'm like, Mark, just go to school, just pick a degree and just graduate and get a job. Like, why are you just like all over the place? But like, you know what? Funny. I did go to school. I did um, graduate. I did get my degree. I did take master course courses at the same school you went to. Um, but I decided to go in a different direction. So right. I tried to go along that path. But that path but just, just wasn't, wasn't working. It just wasn't for me. And I even took some master coursework. You know, people was encouraging me to get my master's degree. You got your master's degree. So I was like, you know, that's all the encouragement I need. My wife has a master's degree, so let me get my master's. Mm-hmm. Um, but I went on a totally different path than what you did. And so let's go into that. Like when you started to see when you when you saw that I was going to open up my first business which was Target Martial Arts and Fitness yeah kind of talk about that you know how you felt you know when I came up with that ideal and you know how I was training people in our apartment room and mm-hmm. you know just going to like the mindset like you know like what was you thinking compared to education you know and how you was raised like talk about that process and, and your thoughts. I mean, when you came up with the idea of wanting to teach boxing, um, in some martial arts classes, I I didn't know I didn't know what to think. I was just like, <laughs> I was like, okay, like first of all, what's this gonna cost, and what's the process? Yeah, you weren't because too happy about I it. I know that <laughs> with whatever Marcus sets his mind to do there's a price attached to it <laughs> yes yeah, and i was like oh i was that's where initially where my mind was like what is this gonna cost us to do to do this and then i'm like to start a business we we need a building like we need people <laughs> like i i didn't know how we were gonna start even though i helped come up with the name but <laughs> right you did help come up with the name but you, I, helped, you helped come up with all the names for the businesses, really. But I just didn't, I didn't know where to start. I mean, I think we talked to other people and was asking them questions and kind of did research on other businesses to see um, what was in our area um, because you didn't want to put yourself too close to another business that did similarly to what you wanted to do or that were, or what you were doing. But how did you feel like when we were getting, you know, because we had people that came into our apartment and we used one of the bedrooms as like a little training, training spot. We had like a mat on the floor. Mm-hmm. And now, was, are you talking about the first apartment? Because I think you did it at our first apartment, too. Like after we got married, you kind of had that room set up with the boxing mats on the floor. You remember? That's the apartment I'm talking about. It is? Oh, yeah. OK. OK. Sun Lake. Sun Lake Apartments. By the big lake. No, no, it wasn't that one. I'm talking about our first one by the church. We we didn't have nothing. You didn't set have up a room set up. No, no, we I didn't. I thought you. I thought you started there. Maybe that's where the idea started. 
Babe, we it was at Sun Lake. That's where we had it set up in the room. I got the I videos. I do remember that setup. I got the pictures. We don't have no setups at the other at the one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's okay. So we're let's 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 talk about how how did you feel when customers started to come into the house and then um you you later saw that we was looking into getting a building, an actual building. I was, you know proud i was like okay marcus got a few people interested in learning the boxing and getting some customers and starting to get some momentum and so i was you know i was just looking on from the outside like okay let's see where he's gonna go with this because i know the you know your career resume or the background is like okay i know marcus changes his mind often with different ideas like I was really watching to see how long you were going to stick with it. Right, right. <laughs> because, you know, when you have an idea, I'm like ready. It's like I'm here for it. But then it's like two months later after we bought books, <laughs> you know, training <laughs> books for some or you invested in a certification. Right, right. It's like, uh, OK, I don't think I want to do. Uh, what was that? Secure? What type of security was that you did? Uh, executive protection. I don't think I want to do executive protection anymore. I think I want to be a police officer. I think, and I just wanted, I wanted to support you, but I was like, okay, is this going to be something that Marcus actually sticks with and follows through with? Because whatever we do is going to take in, you know, time and investing. And so I knew I wanted to support you in the process, but I was also hoping that you stuck with it so it wouldn't seem like we were wasting time and wasting money. So that was the main concern I had. Like, okay, we we bought these mats. We bought equipment, you know, for the kids to practice on. You know, we paid for certifications. It's like, okay, if we did all this, maybe this is something that is going to go somewhere. Okay, we're going to do something with this. I see this going somewhere. So I was starting to get encouraged. Um, since I know you stuck with it, people were wanting, you know, to come get training. It was helping a lot of kids and it was fun. It was fun to do as well. Okay. So, um, basically, uh, we, we got the building, we got the building at Target Martial Arts, Target Martial Arts and Fitness. We actually opened up an actual commercial building, mm-hmm. um, man that we got the place painted. We got new floors in there. Um, we had summer camp kids, um, we had like over like thirty kids at our summer in our summer camp program. We was taking them horseback riding. We was doing all these kind of things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it came to a point to where um, things became difficult. And talk about how we had to shut down the business and like what were your thoughts when when entrepreneurship came to mind? Now, one thing about Target Mar- Target Martial Arts and Fitness was I appreciate the support that we got from the church. Because there were people that sold into the business and believed that it could be great. And people that came out, blessed the building, prayed, prayed with us, prayed, you know, for the building. And a part of the whole process was, okay, we're going to get in. We're going to do this. We're going to make this work because we have this space. And it's like we want to make sure that whatever we bring, like that everything that we're bringing home, that we can get something from it, that everything's just not just going to the overhead cost or whatever. But 
the whole process of target martial arts and fitness was, um, I forgot what the question was. Like what was? <laughs> I mean, you, you I start rambling. And you like I'm, me now? You like me? You be talking? You be getting on to me when I be talking? Now you can't. Now your brain done went blank, look like a sheet of paper. Right. <laughs> like just went blank. Like I don't know. I don't, I thought I was going somewhere with that, but yeah, I was. I was. I was with you. I was on the train with you. Like where you going? <laughs> then you just went like left. What? So I was talking about you know. <laughs> You know, your thought process and how, you know, the business, when the business, oh, yeah. you know, started to go downhill, you know, talk about how when the business had to shut down yeah. and, my, and the views on what you thought, you know, entrepreneurship looked like in that moment. Yeah. Uh, I was disappointed when the business shut down because I was enjoying it myself. It was something that I knew we were offering to the community and that the community was starting to expect from us. And when we had to shut down. Um, not knowing that wasn't what we wanted to do. I was a bit hurt. Um, and I fit, I felt that we disappointed people who invested in us and who, you know, helped us get to that point. And I was like, man, if we started this, like, I don't know, does this mean that, you know, if we start a business in the future, like, like, I don't know if it's going to work if you tried to start something else in the future. Like, what did we do wrong? Like, what didn't we do enough of to keep the business open? Um, because that was something that I also, I stopped, um, I think I stopped working at the at the school, at the daycare to, to do target martial arts with you full time. And I was still in school. So I took that time to do school and we both did target martial arts and fitness as, you know, as our everyday, as our everyday thing. But I don't know. I didn't really want to start another business after that because. But I was still working at that time. Um, so I was still working when we was doing target martial arts. I was still working. Um, I don't know if it was uh, I was working at uh, Walmart or. Um, Ability Plus working them night them night jobs. Uh, I don't even remember. <laughs> it gets a little fuzzy. It gets a little fuzzy. But after the business shut shut down because of financial reasons, we couldn't keep it open. Mm -hmm. Um, and so um, it was it was like 2013, I believe December 20 November 2013, and then going into 2014. Um, that's when you graduate because you graduated. Graduated yeah, I graduated from school. December 2013. Yep, December 2013, you graduated. And then um, you started applying for jobs. You was working at Sears, but I was also working at Alabama A&M as a security officer on you my way sure to become were. a police officer. You sure so, were. Uh, you know, so therefore, I told you guys I wasn't going to do no more business. Yeah, you, was you actually put the idea out there. I you put was it like, out. forget this. I'm these this business idea i'm not doing it no more i'm just gonna go back to what i was taught because whenever i try to do something on my own it don't work out so i'm just gonna and i was actually it. in school i was actually taking master courses at that time because mm -hmm. um even during that semester that i was working security i was also enrolled in school i was the first semester i was in uh, social work the second semester, I switched it into nutrition. Remember? Were you even? Did, did you even make it a whole semester in social work, or did you? Yeah, I went the whole semester in social oh, okay. work, and 
I went to I went kind of like half the semester in nutrition. Mm-hmm. And so I was just more so focusing on working security because I wanted to be a police officer. Yeah, so and that was your that was your focus. You bought books. I bought everything. You know, I already had the executive protection license. Mm-hmm. You know, so I was on track. I was you on got track. You got some gear. Yep. You was like getting I was your ready. little combat section ready. I was ready. <laughs> I had all the equipment I need. I was doing trainings. Remember trainings I was taking. Yeah, you so sure were. Kind of talk about your process because you you saw. You know, as as the wife, you saw as an entrepreneur how how devastating that was to me and to us Mm -hmm. and how I just said, you know what, I'm just going to focus on school and I'm going to, you know, take some master courses and I'm just going to focus on trying to become a police officer. Mm -hmm. But talk about your mindset. It's like, okay, you know, did you want me to be a police officer? No, I actually didn't because I was like, Marcus, it is too dangerous being a police officer, um, something is always going on uh, with with officers. I just I just wasn't comfortable with you doing it, but you seemed excited, you know, at the time, and I was just like, oh, I was like, I don't know about this one. Like, <laughs> she are was you scared, sure? man. She was scared. I man. was she like, I'm not to trying to get no call in the middle of the night saying. You tried to apprehend somebody and you tripped and fell and yeah, some random because that would be the story. That's something I wanted to do because my, my granddad was a police officer. My Uncle Bernard is a police officer. Uh, my dad was in the Army. So my, was, my dad's so brother. So in your genes. Yeah, man. So, you know, I couldn't I couldn't get into the Army because of my asthma. Mm-hmm. Um, but police officer you know that that was that was it for me man so i settled that, was your, in that idea that was your way of getting almost but not quite into the military because you still had to do training yeah and you to remember be the officer and you remember when you got that job in uh arkansas when we moved over here i was on the verge you remember i was on the verge and going to to training for the for the police with with alabama and them i was i was supposed to go through some mason courses mason classes and you know, I was on track, man, but you got that job and we had to relocate to this area here in Memphis. Yeah, that's that's true. I guess I guess I forgot when I tell you that certain points <laughs> you, you in my just, life, I think I just intentionally blotted, you blotted it out. all that out because <laughs> you're looking like, OK, that's yeah. OK, I remember I'm looking, I'm looking at you like you informing me of some new information. Right. She's looking at guys. She's looking at me like. Okay, yeah, okay, you enlightened me. Right, like, is that what happened? Okay. My goodness. So Uh, Yeah, that's one thing. When you go through, like, tough tough times in your life, to protect you and your emotions, your brain and yourself intentionally, like, blocks things out so you won't have to think about it. And I think that's what I did because I don't don't remember some of the stuff you just. Yeah, I think mentally. (laughs) Mentally, that was just such a depressing and confusing yeah. time for us it was a taxing time and for you as the wife because you had to go through a lot mm-hmm. and you was, tr- you was trying to be a support system for me but right. you was also going through your own battles with your education and yeah you and trying, trying to, get to find a job, a job. so it's yeah. like i'm trying to get my own self on track and then i'm trying to support you in your endeavors so how, before we go into the memphis and opening the business here like what was your mental process 
you know and what we just like how how did you you know keep yourself balanced throughout this whole process of school and not finding a job and then we're shutting down businesses to Marcus want to be a police officer and now you're trying to move to Memphis like what's your mental process like how do you keep sound in that in that moment honestly I think I just zoned out (laughs) back then I don't think I was like mentally at my best I think I I think back then mentally I was just overwhelmed and I didn't really know the next step I was just going through the motions and just taking it day by day and just hoping that something you know something would come through and I was just like first come first serve if it's Marcus okay if it's me okay but whatever comes I'm on that train wherever it is at first I was a bit hesitant because I've never well neither well you've lived outside of Alabama before but I've never lived outside of the state of Alabama before and I was hesitant because I'm like I don't want to go into you know foreign territory you know area I don't know anything about and I was like Arkansas where is that again (laughs) kind of forget about the state of Arkansas maybe that's just me but um but yeah that was that was a very depressing moment for me yeah so when we when we got here to Memphis and then I brought up the idea of um doing another business like what was your process now like oh boy here we go like talking about you know the t-shirt business and motivational speaking like just talk about that another mental process mm-hmm. of like okay i thought you said we weren't gonna do it no more <laughs> right. and then i brought it up to you like what was your thought process on that i'm just like man marcus just can't get this whole business thing out of his system <laughs> like every other year he wants to start something and i'm just like Fig, please figure it out. Like, Lord, please help him figure it out. Because I felt like we were going through like a mental, a business, a finding yourself business entrepreneurship roller coaster. <laughs> right. um, we were going through that whole roller coaster together because the idea of it, you know, is fine. But then the process is what's the is what takes a toll you know, takes a toll on you. And like I said, I think the thing that bothered that bothered me most when it came up again was as a female and going back to how I was taught, it's like I I like to know that I'm financially good or financially stable. And if I think something's going to come and impact my financial stability or what I feel is financially stable for me, then that creates worry for me and concern. Right, right. And so, and then it's like, I know, like I said earlier, whatever Marcus is interested in, you know, it carries a high price tag. Then that causes Cha-ching. a little extra heart heart palpitations. Right, right. <laughs> and everything I do ain't cheap. Like, it's, it's, it's not, not like I'm trying to do a, a braiding, a, a bead business or something. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a, 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 a rock collection business right. or something, you know. This stuff is expensive. Right. And then I also knew that it took sacrifice as well. Um, 
So it's like, I just thinking, what am I willing to sacrifice to go through this process over again? But did you want to go through it again based off what we did, what we went been through? I didn't, but I also wanted to support you because there's no point in me doing something that I was enjoying doing, but you not being happy in what you were doing. I mean, that's it's still not happy because your mood was still have an impact on the family. And so it was a lot of praying that I did at that time. Right. Um, it was just a lot of prayer because I just had some hesitancy because I just didn't know what to, I just didn't know what to expect, but I wanted to support you. So it was a conflict. I was having a bit of a conflict with what to do. But I didn't want to, you know, be a person that discouraged you from doing what you wanted to do based off how I was feeling at the moment. I didn't want to be that person to be like, oh, again, like, do we have to go through this again? See what we did? Do you see what happened in the past and blah, blah. I didn't want to be the negative Nancy type person. So I really had to reshape, like restructure my thought process of it and just figure out how I would go about through the process um but still find a way to support you as well yeah so basically you know um i i I opened up the business you know i finally got my llc and things started to you know just coast along you know i left my job and then i went back to work can you just talk about um how it was a struggle again and how I left my job from FedEx the first time. I think the, and also when we first moved here, you didn't get a job immediately. I don't know how long it was before you were able to get, to get no, find work. I got a job. When we got here, when you got your job in July, I started in August. Oh. Yeah, it was like July, in uh, July, August. Oh. Once again, fuzzy. Yeah. But um, the first time I was like, okay. Okay, you know, we let's let's see how this can work. Yeah, um, you was you you wasn't you wasn't easily uh ready to make that jump. Wait. Like you was hesitant. When I told yeah. you you cause you remember I said oh, okay, I'm starting this, I'm I'm gonna do G God's point of view, and we're gonna be speaking at different schools and I got this t shirt, right. inspirational clothing line, and we were yeah, speaking at churches a, and right. And you wanted to travel, travel to these different locations. I thought I was speaking. Eric Thomas at that point. Right, right. You thought you was the the Memphis, the, <laughs> the Memphis Mi- version, the of Memphis Eric version Thomas. of Eric Thomas. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, yeah, that was the first time around. I was just like, uh, I don't know, like I don't know, Marcus. And then I knew that if you weren't working, and the money that you're making at FedEx. You were, it was kind of going into the business and then I'm trying to figure out, okay, where he going to get the, where he going to get the money from to go into all this stuff he tried, he tried right, exactly. And then I was like, oh, oh, okay. So he's going to get it from, it's going to come from my paycheck. So I was like, okay, how are we going to make this work? And I think the concern I had, I don't think we had a plan the first no. time. No, we didn't. I was, I was just trying to. The money that I was supposed to be using to help pay bills, I was saving my money to put towards the business. Mm-hmm. Because uh, it worked. You know, we were able 
to have that stability with my income and then your income, my income, um, both of our incomes handling the bills. And then there was some extra, you know, if we wanted to do something else. And so just the thought of, man, is mine going to be enough? Because with both of ours, we're able to cover that and a little more. And we was doing pretty well, you Mm -hmm. know, and going from struggling in college and through school and in Huntsville to now we're both working and we're both got good jobs. We're both making a little money. We, we, we just and we enjoying have money life. coming in every week. Yeah, we're enjoying life right now. Mm-hmm. So, and then it's just like, boom, I hit you with the idea, like, oh, I'm finna hit this business. And it's and just like, like, dang, man, I was getting used Can we just like, can chill we for a little bit? Can we get used to this for a little bit, <laughs> right. man? Like, why you gotta come, like, right now? Like, yeah. can we wait? Like, can you wait till next year or something like that? Right. Like, let's enjoy this moment uh, right here, right now. But yes. at least you said you did say, well, I'm just going to wait until my con when my contractor is up, then I'm not I don't plan on going back. At least that's you did wait till your contract was up, right? Yeah, I waited till my okay. contract was up. And um, I, that's when I left left. Oh, yeah. that's when I decided not to work not anywhere to. else. Right. Because you had you had a job offer. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> for someplace else after you finish your contract position at FedEx. I signed the contract. You went for a one day or actually you didn't even make it through the whole day. You went, went for a half day of orientation, half a day orientation. And then you said, I can't do this. Yeah. And I said, you can't do what? Right. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good job, man, by a great guy, a great company. And I could have had a lot of great potential with that company, but it's just it was just something I didn't want to do. Yeah. And The difference between me and you is I will, I guess for lack of better terms, I will suffer um, and deal with stuff if it gets me, you know, some, if it's taking care of something. But you, on the other hand, you just like, if I don't like it, I'm out. I'm throwing up the deuces. (laughs) And that's. I'll be quick to leave a job. Right. Quick. Give me a reason to leave. I'm walking out. Right. And that could be beneficial and it could also be a flaw. So I think it, both of our personalities can carry a flaw. And I think that's a difference between me and you and other people. Everyone's different, but you're the, you have the type of person. Courtney has the personality to where when she goes into a job, she stays at that job, whether she likes it or not, she can hate that job, but you will, you, you have a, you, you're committed. You know what I'm saying? You're dependable. You'll stay at that job and you'll work that job and you will work 120%. Until no matter I have a plan until to you out. have a plan to leave me on the other hand <laughs> I'll go into that job you give me a one percent reason I'm out of there you leaving first and thinking about I don't it have I don't have a plan <laughs> I don't have a backup plan I don't have another job but I know I would get another job and like as long as you you've known me has it been hard for me to get a job no I don't play games so if I leave a job you figure something I'm out. gonna figure something out I'm gonna get another I'm job. be looking at you like Mark, did you exactly. figure something out yet? <laughs> like, what, what's good? What you got going on? So the last thing, man, before we start dropping these nuggets, you know, because we wanted to kind of build the people up to, to kind of understand where Courtney's mindset is and how she played a part in, in this business, um, this business journey. So, you know, I went back to work. You know, you told me to go back to work. Yeah, we had like a we had a come to Jesus moment. Yeah, you 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 wasn't playing games in that meeting we had. 
Yeah, we had to come to Jesus' moment to where we really had to lay stuff out on the table. Not we. You had to lay stuff out. <laughs> let's let's not get it twisted now. I had to lay stuff out on the table. Courtney and- laid it down, people. <laughs> 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 hey, this this just no. We had this com- Me and Courtney had this conversation about how we're not making no money. We're broke. I'm tired, and just know that after this conversation, Courtney. Did I not in a few days go get go get a job? Yeah, you did. You heard you heard my I heard humble your cry. cry. Exactly. <laughs> and you did not pass me by. Thank exactly. the Lord. Um, but yeah. Uh we got through we got through that moment and uh you re- I mean at least you were willing and you you understood where I was coming from. Um because I under I understood what you wanted to do as well, but I guess financially it just didn't make sense. It didn't make sense to me at the time because I have a problem with struggling, and it's hard. It's hard for me to uh, struggle when I know I don't have to. Yeah, that's um, true. True. Like if we if we were doing the best we could and struggling, that's different than voluntarily struggling if that makes sense um so that's why we had a come to jesus moment and you you know you heard my request and you stepped up and you handle you know you handled your business um and the family business and so i appreciate i appreciate that but the great thing about the second time around was it's like you had a plan um which was different than the first time around. So it really made a difference moving forward and how you proceeded with the business um, and how you, you formed specifically what you wanted to do, how you wanted to do it and how you were going to get it done. And you designated the money or the funds that you made to go into the business. Um, Because initially you know, our personal funds had to go into the business. And that's another thing that I had difficulty with because I was like, because <laughs> I was like, okay, we invest in our personal funds into the business. So is the business going to pay back those personal funds? And I didn't realize at the time that when you invest in business, you know, you don't get that back. That's why it's called an investment. And it kind of makes sense because if you keep putting money into building a business to replace it back, then the business won't ever, won't <laughs> you ever know, grow. won't ever grow or make it. And that took me a little time. Um, yeah, that took us some time because we we had to talk to mentors and mentors told us this. Yeah. You know, you can't you can't be putting money into a business and then be like, oh, just because you made some money back, you're going to take it back out and your business is back at zero dollars. Right. It's an investment. So it's, it's the long game. You can't play the short game. Right. And I was into the short game. I was like, oh. Ooh, you made something from this gig. Where we gonna go? Let's let's do something right. with you. And you was like, "No, Courtney, we can't do nothing with it. This is staying in the biz." I was like, "Yeah," and, and that's little, how it was. And looked a little salty. So, so my question is to you is like, you know, you guys kind of got to hear Courtney's perspective, but now it's just time to drop some jewels. Like, what 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 can you tell someone? You know, because I know there's wives out there. That may be going. That may be in the same exact situation, to where 
their their husbands are in business or mm-hmm. it could be vice versa you know it may be some men out there and their wives are in business you know so like from a supportive standpoint like what what what's what's some encouragement that you can give not 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 just to the entrepreneur but more so to your point of view the person who's supporting the entrepreneur like what's some advice to them that you can give them on how they can support and how they you know what you know whatever you know yeah one thing i would say is for the support system to the entrepreneur is for both of you to sit down together and have a plan in place because it can be done um it definitely can be done but you don't want to jump into it um impulsively just because you felt the urge and it's like this is what you're gonna do it can be done but just do it intentionally do it with a plan write it out write out what is it going to take for us to whatever business it is what is it going to take if it if you need equipment if you need material whatever finances that it may take to do it um write that down and compare it to what you're bringing in to so you can devy up okay we're going to um put this towards this every month until we get to a certain point to invest in this particular thing. And some um, entrepreneur ideas don't take equipment. It just takes maybe, I guess, setting up your business, your LLC, um, which takes some money, your, you know, all the, the logistics that have to do with whatever state you're in. But my first thing to suggest is to sit down together and come up with a plan and stick to the plan that you come up that you come up with because it's easier um, to come up with a plan together so that way if one person starts to do something else you'd be like oh you remember we sat down and we decided that we would go about it this way and then as you get closer to the end of the plan you can revise it um, or add or add on to it but just come up with a plan because it gives you some direction because when you go into it impulsively then you'll you know, experience what we experience, um, you know, going through the struggle when you, the struggle doesn't have to be real all the time, <laughs> you know, some things you can avoid, uh, with the plan. Uh, so that's one thing that I would encourage to the supporter, the support um, system to the entrepreneur is have a plan. Another thing I would encourage is to see if there's a way that you can be a part of you know the entrepreneurship journey is that something that you might be interested interested in or that you can assist with to alleviate some of the finances or expenses that may um build up during the process um because some things that I help Marcus with right now he has to he would have had to pay somebody to help him with so the fact that I'm assisting him with it that keeps the money at home or saves money that you would, you know, otherwise give to somebody else, you know, it keeps it, um, keeps it in the bank. So if you can support, um, your spouse and alleviate an extra expense, do that. If that's something that you're willing, you know, that you're willing to do. And if it's nece- if it's possible, cause some things you may not really take an additional person for, but if it's possible, I would 
suggest that as well. I mean, shout out to the wifey, man, because she she really came in, and it's, it's not something that you intentionally wanted to do, right? But you you knew that I needed help, and you learned how to shoot videos, shoot pictures, so that way that money could stay in the family and stay in the business, and that that really helped us out a lot. So I think that's really encouraging two spouses two people out there who's or even friends if you know someone who's in the business it's always good to help that person uh, because you never know you know they could blow up one day i'll be on the Oprah show and then chip you off a little something something. yeah yeah man chip you off a little something man because (laughs) you you was riding with them in the beginning yeah and i think that's what's real important to people who are entrepreneurs starting out um just be there for that person even when it's tough when you don't see the train moving when you don't see the money coming in um, just really stick with them. So I think that was really key in what you said. And I appreciate you, you know, for helping me out in the business ever since day one. You're welcome. <laughs> oh, man, man. I mean, you said you said thank you, so I'm saying you're welcome. Yeah, man, I'll just <laughs> let you know I appreciate you, man, because you, you still riding to this day. But, but um, And then over time, now – at first, I was like, uh, I don't know what I'm doing with no camera, but now I'm really starting to enjoy it. Right, like and you're actually to, getting good at it, too. Yeah, you do something long enough, I guess you develop a skill. Right. And <laughs> um, unconsciously, you know, develop a skill. So now it's like a hobby that I do, you know, something that I just started helping Marcus with has turned into a hobby for me. Um, and something that I am working on improving as well um but yeah you never know and if you can't the third thing i would say is if you if it's something that you can't physically help them with just a word of encouragement um every now and then because it gets lonely in entrepreneur land (laughs) Um, from what i hear and what we talk about and i totally get being the the spouse in the situation a supporter it's discouraging for you too because there's a lot that the spouse and the support the supporter has to sacrifice as well so i get it like i'm here with you we are eye to eye um on that but the more you encourage the entrepreneur it's like the more they feel driven to do what they can to either prove to you that this wasn't a bad move or to show you like hey, I'm going to get this done and we're going to be good. Like, because that's what Marcus, one thing I've noticed is that's what he seeks to do. It's like, it took me a long time, a while to be convinced because, but he tells me all the time, he's like, look, if you just stick with me and just let's hone in on this business, I'm going to get us to where we need to go to where, you know, education can't get you where I'm trying to take you. Exactly. Um, And he said, one day I'm going to be a millionaire. You're going to do everything that you want to do. And I and I'm looking like, okay, I'm you know, I'm here for it. I believe it, too. I receive it. And if you say it, I'm going to believe it, too. So um, number one is a plan. Number two, you know, provide a helping hand if you can to alleviate expenses. And number three, provide encouragement and encouraging where you can never go wrong with encouragement. All right. And just just talk about uh, lastly, just talk about, you know, how like what what are some things that you're doing? Like by watching me being in being in entrepreneurship and watching me grow 
And, you know, like this year, um, I've been out of the red, you know, mm-hmm. all year long. I haven't had to ask you for any money from the personal account. Like God has just been good this year, man. I, I got to give a shout out to Jesus Christ, man, because he he he's ride or die, man. He's been there for us, man. But uh, Courtney, like just talk about, you know, how has this encouraged you or imp- how was this impacted on you to maybe start some entrepreneurship uh, endeavors that you wanted to start? Through this process um, of struggle for you, I've been watching um, and just watching how you have developed over time. I've seen how you stuck with things, how you stay consistent, how you stay driven, and how you didn't allow what didn't work out to defeat you. And one thing that I really noticed is that how happy you are. It's like how light you feel. Whenever you talk about your business, you just light up and there's a joy that comes out of you. And I'm like, man, that is so cool. And I'm happy that you finally found something to bring you happiness and joy. And then I'm like, and fast forward to from back in the day to times I didn't to where I didn't want to remember to now here I am like man I wonder if I can start you know something of my own (laughs) so I can have this same you know joy and passion that Marcus has over here right I'm not saying that I don't enjoy what I do I do but I just want to do more more for myself and just to see where it takes me and you know Marcus is such a great encourager himself For me, you know, he encourages me so often to spread my wings and don't be so ready to depend on a job that could let you go at any point. It's like, that's great. And if that can get you to where you need to go, use it. But don't depend on something that could remove itself from giving you support at any time. Build something of your own to where if something goes wrong, then... That's something that has to do with you and not anybody else. Um, And it's something that you work towards. You know, when you control money that you bring in, that's something, an an accomplishment that you feel. And it's also encouraging to let you know that, man, this is something that I was able to do without relying on somebody else to pay me for it. It's like I was the initial person that the money filtered through. Because for those of us that do work nine to five, we don't originally get the top, you know, the top of the money. We It filters through certain avenues and then it gets to us. So just imagine if we did things on our own. It's like we wouldn't have to worry about money being sub, subtracted or divided other than taxes or whatever before it hit us. But we get we got to experience that initial, you know, income coming in. And I was and so now, I'm, you know, starting to feel the the entrepreneur bug and me and just starting to um, expand on some ideas, you know, that I have or some things that Marcus has told me. So it's pretty much this whole experience. I never knew that I would have this come out of my mouth, but this whole experience has encouraged me to want to do something and step out and do something on my own just to see what could come from it. Um, yeah. Awesome, man. Awesome, man. So, um, what's, what's one thing that you could say, you know, just to close us out, 
you know, what's one thing that you can say to um, the people out there? um, Just give them some type of encouragement uh, coming from the spouse. I know you dropped a couple of little nuggets already, um, but from a mental health standpoint, uh, what is something that you can say to someone who's 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 an entrepreneur or the spouse's uh, supporter, the entrepreneur supporter? You know, what would you say to them? Um, well, creating something or building something from the, from the ground up isn't always going to be easy, but once you see that building erected, you know, erected up and standing, you look back and you're like, wow, this is something that I created that I had my hand in and you see it benefiting so many people around you, then it makes it, it really makes it worth it. Because you're like, man, it took blood, sweat, and tears to get to this point. But look how, but look at the outcome. Look where we've come. Just look where we are right now. All because we chose to pretty much step out on faith with a plan, do it, and, you know, stop thinking so hard about things. Because a lot of times we can think so much about stuff that we convince ourselves out of trying new things or we convince ourselves out of experiencing something that's been on our heart for a while. So if there's something on your mind and on your heart to do that you're interested in or even a hobby that you want to expand on, just try it. Um, It doesn't hurt to try. What's the worst that could happen? Nobody's telling you. I'm not telling people if you're working now to leave your job, but find something that you enjoy because you never know what might come from it. What started off as a hobby may may be what keeps um, you standing and keep you above ground later on in life. And yeah, you just never know until you try. Um, All right. So there you have it, man. Courtney Porter. Courtney Porter in the house. Uh, <laughs> gave you guys some good insight from the spouse's point of view. Uh, just talking about entrepreneurship uh, from the spouse's point. And so, man, we had a good time today, man. Uh, yeah. And I mean, if there's any like this, the questions that we got from people wanting to hear, you know, my perspective on entrepreneurship and, you know, we we're answering online because it can apply to so many aspects of our lives. If y'all have questions or things that you want to specifically hear or you want us to talk about from maybe a couple's perspective or even just the overall general perspective or specifically a professional perspective, mental health perspective, please shoot us an email. Um, if you're on Instagram and something stood out to you, tag at my therapy in a box. Um, give us a shout out. I would love for you all to leave reviews. Um, if it's possible, one thing I did learn is that if you do download through Google Play, unfortunately, you cannot do reviews through Google Play. You can only do it through iTunes, um, which is, I know, a womp womp. But if there's any way you can leave a review, we would love it. And that could be something that we start doing in the future. Shout out everybody who leaves. Like each episode is dedicated to a person who leaves a review. I would love to give all of our listeners a shout out. And that would just encourage me and Marcus. Because you just don't know. Some of y'all have sent us um, messages throughout the week that says how much you enjoy the podcast. And uh, yes, I thank y'all. Thank y'all for listening.
thank y'all for listening and we can't wait to talk to y'all again in the future once again this is your girl Courtney Porter and my co-host yeah I'm here man Marcus Porter we gonna see y'all on the next one see you on the next one bye talk soon